Welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert-Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in the lovely city of Chicago with a different special guest every week. Tonight, I am joined by Chicago's drag princess, an unfriendly black hottie, an all-around kick-ass performer, Chloe Coulet. How are you? Hello. Hello. I am great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me tonight to talk about some ghosts. Oh, I'm excited. Like, when you told me, like, hi, I want to talk about spooky shit. I was like, oh, absolutely. Like, I love it. Paranormal activity, my shit. How would you describe a ghost? Um, I would describe a ghost. Like, I believe in, like, like the other world, as mm-hmm. we call it. Um, I would describe them as people uh, who, I mean, honestly, the best way to explain it is like people who are lost or, you know, who have unfinished business, as they say, um, or people that are, you know, just bad. We need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess. You know what Absolutely. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they are not done yet. Uh, uh-huh. So you believe in ghosts? I do. I do. Okay. Cool. How much Chicago ghost history do you know? I don't really know a lot. I feel like if you told me like a few of them, I might have heard of like a few, depending on which one it is. But I don't know any by heart, per se. Gotcha, gotcha. So you haven't taken like the Chicago ghost tour or anything like that? No, but I've heard about it. My barber like literally was cutting my hair and was like telling me, about all this like paranormal stuff that he's into and like the ghost tour and whatnot. And it's just like, okay. Like I was, <laughs> I was into it. Don't get me wrong, but I was also like, can you cut my hair please? But like, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Resurrection Mary. Mm. Do you know her? No, give me the backstory. It's 1939. Mm-hmm. Jerry Palace, which I believe is how you pronounce his name. Jerry Palace is at the Liberty Grove Dance Hall in Justice, Illinois, which is at most three miles from Chicago. So I'm still counting it as a Chicago ghost story. Wait a minute. So don't live there. You did or do? I live in Justice. Yes. Then this is perfect. Oh my God. I used to live. Yeah, I used to live in a town called Justice. I didn't even know that. Okay, cool. Well, he's at the Liberty Grove Dance Hall in Justice, Illinois. And as Jerry's attending the dance, he meets a lovely girl. She's blonde and wearing a fancy white dress. She introduces herself as Mary. They dance for a majority of the evening. So when it's time to leave, Jerry, the gentleman he is, asks to take Mary home. She quietly agrees. She's shy. She doesn't talk much. And he drives, at which point Mary points him down Archer Road, which is the road in front of where the cemetery gates are. She hasn't said much all evening, but suddenly Mary shouts, pull over. You have to pull over now. Jerry, shocked, says, I can't pull over here. This is a cemetery. But Mary insists. So Jerry does as she says and pulls the car over. 
but he wants to walk her the rest of the way home. She looks at Jerry and says, where I'm going, you can't follow. Mary exits the car, walks up to the cemetery gates and disappears. I would freak out at that point. Mm -hmm. Wait, if so, I just wait, go ahead. No, if I just drove someone home and was, and they're like, uh, sorry, you can't come with me. And then disappears into the cemetery. Like that would freak that, me out from. <laughs> that's really weird way of foreplay. I think that <laughs> if you seriously really want to just like get down to the bottom of it, I, I wouldn't even want to even like attempt to try to even figure that out. Cause like, it's right. so weird to just drop somebody off at a cemetery and they just go in and then you just like are left there. I, I don't know. That's kind of the weird. act of dropping a date off and then being like, no, you can't come in is a different story than dropping someone off at a cemetery and yeah. they say, no, you can't come in. It's because we've all been there before where, yes, take me home, but I don't want you to come inside. Yeah. I mean, People who have respect and who can respect that will understand it. That's okay. But if it's not a cemetery, I look, I would have just floored it. Like, I don't even want to come in. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, there are different versions of Jerry's experience, but they all have Jerry dancing with, or they all have a man dancing with Mary at a ball of some sort, mm -hmm. um, driving her home and then disappearing in front of the cemetery. So that all lines up but there are some differences within stories. Like the true story behind Mary is that she was dancing with her boyfriend at O'Henry Ballroom, which is the same space as Liberty was. You know, it's a, it's a dance hall that's had like several names over the years. Mm -hmm. But the story is Mary was dancing with her boyfriend at O'Henry when they got into an argument. So Mary storms out, mm -hmm. as you do. She began to walk up Archer Avenue when she was struck by a car who then fled the scene when Mary died. So like a hit and run. Mm -hmm. Mary was buried in Resurrection Cemetery in a white dress and matching dancing shoes. And the driver was never found. Mm. So that's the story of Resurrection Mary. A girl named Mary hit by a car, dies, and then buried in Resurrection Cemetery. Mm -hmm. now that story could be true but because of like like i said the size of the cemetery and the fact that it's the cemetery has been open since 1904 mm -hmm. resurrection mary could be a multitude of people like no one knows exactly who she mary is mm -hmm. and so some of the candidates are and this is based on her name being mary but by the time jerry palace there were the first story i was telling you about by the time he encounters her, the legend of Resurrection Mary has been around for a while. So his story isn't new by any means. So this is a list of women many people believe to be Resurrection Mary. Okay. Because I'm like, does this woman have a case file? Does she have a birth certificate? Because <laughs> sometimes these people be making stuff up. And I'm like, okay. Absolutely. I, I <laughs> Mm -hmm. So you're going to, you just need a ghost to hand over a birth certificate anytime. <laughs> I mean, I need something that proves that they have some type of lifespan and not just some like children's like bedtime story, you know? No, for sure. Mm -hmm. Next time you see a ghost, ask for, you know, ID card first. Absolutely. And then be I like, then you can haunt me. <laughs> yeah. I want all of your social security number. I don't care. Precisely. Two digits. 
<laughs> so one of the one of the women that's buried in Resurrection Cemetery that it could be is Mary Brigovi. And excuse my pronunciations of these women's names because they're <laughs> they're like Polish and all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. but Mary Brigovi, she was killed at 23 years old in a car accident at Wacker and Lake in 1934. She was buried in Resurrection Cemetery. She died after a night of ballroom hopping. So all of that lines up with the story of Resurrection Mary. However, she was a brunette, and the ghost has widely agreed to be blonde, so that doesn't line up. Plus, the story of Resurrection Mary was around before Mary Bergovi's death in 1934. So that also is kind of iffy. Okay. Another case, Anna Maria Norcus, Norcus, she died in a car accident at 12 or 13, but she's a little too young to be Resurrection Mary because a lot of people believe her to be late teens, early 20s. So 12 or 13 isn't really that old. Mary Miskowski died after being hit by a car at 18 or 19 in 1930. She was blonde and wearing her mother's wedding dress for a Halloween party. However, the only Mary Mikowski listed of dying in Illinois died in 1956 at 40 years old. Mm. So she also doesn't line up perfectly. We have uh, Mary Bojax died in a train slash car wreck on her way to a funeral at Resurrection Cemetery, but we don't know much more about her. <laughs> Mary Durancic said to have died in a car wreck in the 30s on her way to a dance. However, again, there's not much more data about her. There is a Mary Durancic buried there, but again, she's also in her 40s, not the age of what we know as Resurrection Mary. Mary Durance, she's also been listed, but she was in her 30s when she died in 1938. So there's a lot of these women that fit the name Mary, but don't fit all the descriptions of what people are seeing as ghosts well that's the thing though i feel like some of these people um it's like you know how they say the game of telephone just like gets a little (laughs) iffy after a while i feel like once you tell the same story after a while somebody is bound to mess it up and like change it up so i feel like one of them could be it especially like um i think the second one if i'm not mistaken sounded like she could have been the most you know um front runner or been the front runner out of all of the ones that right, you right, right. Um, so I might go with her but also it's kind of funny uh, because I wish that I knew this way back when I lived in that area because I went to I think there was middle school if I'm not mistaken I forgot what grade I was in but right, right. it was a predominantly like Polish area right so um I wish I would have known because I could have just asked one of the kids I was going to school with and been like true Miss Mary like come on tell me something they could have probably told me something <laughs> ah, that's so funny firsthand experience for sure there's five other Marys buried at that cemetery mm-hmm. and they're but they were buried because of the Eastland disaster which is an episode we covered a couple weeks ago five Marys that were on that ship were buried at resurrection. So it could be one of them too. Who's to say, Mm -hmm. but there's also about 60 to 70 Marys buried at that cemetery. Mm -hmm. So we have a whole list of Marys that it could be, but we don't know much more information other than their name. Mm -hmm. A lot of people also believe that 
instead of one person being resurrection Mary, it could be a multitude of ghosts from the cemetery. And so I just picture like, (laughs) I don't know, a group of girls named Mary hanging out in the cemetery, playing pranks on people, which I think is hilarious, which is probably what I would do if I was buried in a cemetery. So is the, the whole premise of the thing is it people that are like meeting Mary at a a function and then having them drop her off at the cemetery still a thing or they're just like in the past no that's absolutely still a thing and before I get into the sightings of Mary by all these people because it's very well documented Mm -hmm. we're gonna take a short break so Send a text, grab some ice cream, hide a Ouija board under your roommate's bed, whatever you need to, and we'll be right back. Bless something, child. Take a break. Bless something. Welcome back. Now let's get into the multitude of sightings. They're extremely well documented, which is kind of a divergent from hauntings, you know, Mm -hmm. like usually you get people claiming they're cold or they heard a whisper, some strange noise, you know, Mm -hmm. that can't exactly be explained. But this case isn't that like we have very detailed sightings by many people. So the first recorded history of Miss Thing haunting Archer Road is in 1932. This may not be what we know as Resurrection Mary, but the sighting happened nearby the cemetery. And it was a witness states that a mysterious woman stopped their car to ask for a ride. She gave them an address, but she disappeared as they drove. They continued to the address and found out that the woman had died sometime before. And... So this is like a common trope in hauntings. You know, it's called the vanishing hitchhikers where this vanishing hitchhiker, the ghost, you pull up, you take them for a ride, they give you an address and then they're gone. And then at that address, they're like, but they've been dead for 10 years. Oh, they disappear in the car. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So just when you're not looking, they just, okay. And then, uh-huh oh yeah yeah because i'm gonna say you arrive and it's just like i guess you still want to investigate because somebody was just in your car i'm just like child you want to keep driving at that point like okay <laughs> but uh uh-huh. i think i'd be curious to know i think i'd keep going and be like okay i, I can't make this up well, please don't tell me way, you know what I mean? like i'm not gonna go five hours away from my house just to figure out if you live there like girl if you if you vanished out of the car that is your luck find somebody else they ain't turning back exactly <laughs> well see that's so that's a common trope and ghost so there's a lot of people who claim that all over the world pick them up drop them off they disappear but another common ghost trope if you will is the white lady which is also resurrection mary falls under that category as well and white lady sightings refer to a woman women dressed in white who have died accidentally or murdered 
that revolve around a theme of betrayal or unrequited love. So if we think back to Mary's origin story, her boyfriend cheated on her, they got in an argument or something like that. Then she stormed off and she died and was murdered. So her fitting under the white lady trope also fits resurrection Mary as does the vanishing hitchhiking. But so anyone on this street could be a ghost. I get it. Okay. A hundred percent. But it's like, oh my God, I just walked past the ghost. That's Mary. I'm gonna just walk past one random white lady and say, You are Mary. I know it. I know it. That's the bottom of it. We're done calling them Helen. They're all Marys now. Mary That's it. Okay. You either a Karen or a Mary. One of the two. Exactly. <laughs> I know you've seen through many white women as you walk by. Just mm-hmm. That's true. You give them a little tequila, look- they'll show themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so the next sighting was on May 26th, 1935 by a William, oh God, Tankazitsia. So sorry for everyone who has that last name. A uh, 24-year-old driving his father's car swerved, hit a post and flipped the car. And when a patrolman asked him what happened, Williams stated he saw a woman standing near a cemetery jerking her thumb for a ride. And he was driving near the O'Henry ballroom, but the exact cemetery isn't reported. So it could be Resurrection Mary. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it could be another white woman standing by a cemetery. Who's to say? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a question about ghosts. I mean, you probably can't answer it, but I mean, just out of curiosity why is it the ghost like i get that they want to get your attention they got something they want to say but i don't understand why they put people in harm's way to do so like that whole standing in front of cars making people like crash and put them in danger that's just so disrespectful like i would love to just talk to a ghost and go look if you got something to say that's perfectly fine but like you don't have to put somebody else in danger like that's not gonna help you that's only gonna kill them and put you in the same spot that you in <laughs> like maybe they're lonely no you're right <laughs> <laughs> there's no need for that kind of antics but <laughs> well there you have it <laughs> but maybe they're lonely they're like you look cool i have no one to hang out with join me in my cemetery <laughs> which that's the case i'm staying away from all cemeteries i don't need it mm-hmm. bury me like i've always said i've always said that i want to be buried under a tree in like the middle of a forest that sounds so nice to me which forest? I want to be buried in like the middle of the Smoky Mountains, like I'll go way it. off track, middle of Tennessee in the mount- mountains where you can like you can't find me. Okay, that's cute. throw me. That's I don't know. Cute. It's like my body feeds the tree, feeds the environment, and I'm left alone, and I'm not surrounded by a bunch of other dead people. I think that's <laughs> you research that. I can tell you did that on your lunch break. That's great. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> the, the next sighting exactly. <laughs> the next sighting is the original story I told you about Jerry Palace which we heard at the beginning so following that we don't hear about it until 1948 by the cemetery caretaker where he claims to have seen Mary Bregovi roaming the cemetery so one of the Marys we talked about mm-hmm. one of the caretakers at the cemetery apparently was just working one day was like whoa, I buried you. What are you doing roaming around my cemetery? Mm -hmm. And I guess called her out by name. So that's why I think a lot of people believe it's Mary Bergovi 
that's haunting the cemetery because a caretaker specifically said it was her. I'm going to say, so is it the look of Mary that's making this ghost stand out specifically as Mary? I think that's part of it for sure. I mean, definitely roaming that specific cemetery on Archer Road, but also her being described as being blonde, wearing white with white shoes. Oh, okay. This is all in the same area. I don't know why I thought this was in multiple areas. No, yeah. This is all Resurrection Cemetery, that whole area in Justice, Illinois. Yeah. Cool. Um, 1959. A boy picked up a girl at the Willowbrook Ballroom. So the same place as O. Henry and Libertyville and, and so on. Uh, he offered her a ride home. The boy asked how far, but the girl just told him to continue down Archer. As they approached the gate, she screamed and disappeared. So similar to, <laughs> yeah. She didn't get out this time, but similar. Story. No, she just blood curdling scream and then peaced out. Okay. Uh, 1973, Bob Main, he was at a nightclub called Harlow's when a girl appeared. She was mid-20s, around 5'8", slender with blonde hair and curls. Now, apparently he found her really attractive or he would not remember any of those details. Mm -hmm. She was very pale and had on a yellowish dress and he quoted, like a wedding dress left in the sun. It's kind of like an off-white. She danced alone all night and no one saw her arrive, and no one saw her leave. And this happened twice within two weeks. And the nightclub is down the street from the cemetery. Mm-hmm. So is it some girl in the area who just likes to go dancing? <laughs> or is it the ghost? It's a nightclub. Nobody paying attention to nobody that's coming in and leaving to begin with, number one. Unless you that, like, set on the person that you've seen walk through right. the um and then like also it's just it's kind of interesting to imagine how the look of her evolves because as time goes on it's like you wouldn't think to see the 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 core of what makes mary's look in like a club that's why when you explained it i was like are we gonna <laughs> find her with like white shoes and like a white dress looking the way she does in a nightclub so well, interesting but the stories change over time. <laughs> it, that's true. Yeah. And up until here, it was always Mary was seen in that specific ballroom. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time where it's in a different space. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. It's uh, it might be that telephone game again, like you were saying. It's like, oh, I heard about her. And she kind of matches this random girl that walked in. Yeah, or has been here. Oh, so. her dress is different. Or this, like, yeah. Like, the beginning stories sounded like, okay, this is definitely Mary. Now it's starting to sound like uh, Danielle, but we can keep going. <laughs> we'll slap Danielle onto that, girl. We make <laughs> 1973, a cab driver uh, hurries into Chet's Melody Lounge. So, again, we're in a different space, mm-hmm. uh, which sits adjacent to the cemetery. So the cab driver was demanding where the blonde in the white dress was. He said he disa- he said she disappeared out of the cab without paying. This woman in white blonde hair asking for a ride, disappearing, not paying for her cab. A little disrespectful even for a ghost, but 
Um, okay, so this is Chicago. Because had that been New York, she wouldn't have got her ass away. I can tell you that now. <laughs> she, oh, she would have made it like, let alone a halfway off the curb if that was New York. So exactly, she got lucky. <laughs> yeah, count your blessings and don't ever come back. <laughs> okay, that's where we're. Uh, December 21st, 1874, two boys spotted a young blonde in an old-fashioned ball dress dancing down the street and acting weird. It's pretty normal suburbs. So, I mean... That's fair. That would be weird then. That would be very out of place considering where... I mean, being there. I mean, but then again, I mean, also it was a different time. But I think even in the time that I lived there versus the time that that was in that would be very weird for that area, for sure. August 10th, 1976, Pat Homa, a police officer, was called to the cemetery stating that a woman was stuck behind the gates as if she was trapped inside the cemetery. Of course, she was a blonde and had a white dress on. And when Pat arrived, no woman was there. So again, this is all lining up with Resurrection Mary. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is the story that claims the bars were bent and that there were scorch marks on the gate where hands would be. However, these accounts have been said to be from like a truck backing up into the gates and workers heating the bars up to like restore them back to order mm-hmm. or put them back in place. Plus, workers have said that due to the size of the cemetery, it wouldn't be unheard of to find someone locked inside the cemetery at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it does fit Resurrection Mary, but a lot of people say, yeah, there's no way a ghost, A, someone's locked in there, pulling bars apart to get out mm-hmm. and leaving scorch marks for hands. That just, it's a little too out there. Yeah. Like, some ghost stories are wild, but that one might be a little too wild. Uh, May 1978, Sean and Gary Gape claimed to swerve from hitting a girl laying in the road. But when they were about to hit her, she vanished. So like you were saying, just why are we putting people in harm's way? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if somebody get hit, I mean, of course you shouldn't like hit the person, but I'm like, you just keep going at that point, you know, (laughs) test the theory. (laughs) She's not getting out of the way then. But I mean, the story of Mary is that she was hit by a car and died. So if she is like reliving that every night, then it kind of fits. Yeah, I see now. Mm -hmm. But you'd think she learned from the first time and like take a step. You would think, but it's something about, it's something about white people in traffic. They don't care. They don't care. When you drive in Chicago, you will know, okay? (laughs) If you go to Chicago, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A hundred (laughs) percent. January 11th, 1979, Uh, A guy named Ralph, he was lost driving his cab down Archer near the Willowbrook ballroom when he saw a young girl around 21 standing beside the road without a coat. He pulled over and asked if he could take her anywhere. The only thing she said was that she needed to get home. When Ralph asked if he was supposed to keep driving, the girl nodded yes. After a couple miles, she suddenly jumped up shouting, here, here. Ralph looked around but didn't see a house. He asked where she stuck her arm out and pointed. And when he looked to see where she was pointing, he's she's uh, he saw a little shack. But when he looked back to her, she was gone. And he said that door, the car door never opened. 
And he's like quoted saying that car door never opened. May the good Lord strike me dead. It never opened. Mm-hmm. So I kind of believe his story a little more than some of these other ones where it's like, this is a cab driver just trying to make money, trying to be a nice person, helping this coatless girl out in January. And then she's just gone and he doesn't hear any noise. I believe that would, that freak me out. Well, see, like, I, I believe in like ghosts. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but like, it's something about the visual well, comprehending, like people's visuals of these things, like, seeing someone then turning around and they're gone like situations like what he went through it's just like it's like you you believe it but then you don't you know type situation but then again like you say you have like reasons why you believe in ghosts so it's kind of like you're on a very very like weird fence with all of it but yeah i mean well everyone's ghost story is so personal yeah it is harder to believe when many people have witnessed the same thing. Yeah. Because ghosts are meant, to, like, there's such a stigma about ghosts of, like, oh, only certain people can see them. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know, it is, but I do believe this one. And it would freak me out more if someone got into my car and disappeared versus driving by someone who disappears. Mm-hmm. Like, that. There's those are two different Oh. Watching, oh, yeah. driving by someone and they disappear, you're like, oh, okay, I don't know what I saw, but sure. Yeah. But having someone come into my car or like even interacting or talking to them and then them disappearing, that's a whole other level. <laughs> I would never sleep. I no. would never <laughs> drive the car. Like, <laughs> like, that's even more terrifying of experience. For sure. Uh, the next instance is not that long after April 1979, Joyce Lukowski, her and her roommate were driving along when a young blonde woman in a white ball gown des- uh, desperately waved them down. But when they turned to pick her up, she was gone. Another hitchhiking thing disappeared. Uh, 1980, Nick Moros, he was driving his cab home, uh, another cab driver down Archer, when he saw a black object down the road just out of his headlights. Now that's horror movie shit. That would, like, seeing some object right out of the view of your headlights, that's... Not okay. And as he got closer, he saw a young blonde woman in a flowing white dress walking toward the cakes. He didn't see her disappear or offer her a ride, but he did say it was creepy. Mm-hmm. So that's another one that I kind of really late at night, some woman wandering towards cemetery gates, whether she's a ghost or not, please don't do that. So he got out of the car to see what it was. I think he drove by and he was like, I'm not stopping for her. <laughs> yeah, I thought he got out for a minute. This was like, okay, see, so step number one, you do not get out. Okay, yeah, you exactly. So smart <laughs> of him to do that. <laughs> we only have a couple more. Uh, September 5th, 1980, a guy named Tony. He was driving up Archer and saw a girl in a white dress by the side of the road. He offered her a ride and she said, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, when asked where to go, she said, Take me up, Archer. He said she looked like Resurrection Mary. So this story has been around for decades now. And now people are like, oh, you are Resurrection Mary. Let's give you a ride. But she didn't say anything. So he didn't know her name. When he turned to look at her, she was gone. Two days later, a few people were drinking by and saw a glowing girl 
but when they passed her, she didn't have a face. When they tried to get a second look, she was gone. So now we have a couple other things about Mary. Like now she doesn't have a face, which has never been brought up before. Mm -hmm. Um, She's showing herself literally days in a row, which also I don't think has happened. October, 1983, Nancy Buck, she and two coworkers from the Willowbrook ballroom spotted a young blonde girl dressed strangely. Now this one is unique because Nancy says the girl was wearing a red velvet dress, a red veil and black and white saddle shoes, but no coat. So Lana Del Rey. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing in Chicago, Lana? <laughs> no, she wore blue velvet. Sorry. We'll go ahead. The next one, October 1989, Pam Turlow, Pam and her friend Janet were driving past the cemetery when they saw a woman in a white walking through the cemetery. As he got closer, the woman ran out in front of their car. Janet slammed down the brakes, but they didn't hit anyone because the woman vanished. Mm. So that one tracks as some of the other ones. Now, these sightings could be legends like we were talking about passed down through the years. Mm-hmm. And some other people have um, said it's a mental... Uh, it's called white line fever or highway hypnosis, where when you're driving long distances, you start hallucinating. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say it could be that, but these people aren't driving long distances. You know, this is hometown stuff yeah. and it can't explain some of the other things like interacting with people inside your car or driving them from the ballroom to the cemetery, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um I've experienced highway hypnosis where I'm driving late at night for a while. And then I like get to a distance, get where I'm going. And I don't remember how I got there. It's Mm. creepy. And usually it's because I'm like super exhausted, but yeah, probably sound out heavy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But I've never hallucinated from it. Like I've never been like, I'm I'm not seeing ghosts on the street. But also like, it's really I mean, not saying it's a bad thing to do, but, like, one thing this entire, like, story has had in common from what I noticed is people picking up hitchhikers. <laughs> and I'm just like, everybody seems to just be very nice here picking up. I'm like, I I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, but- I think back then, I mean, now definitely, but I think back then, especially in, like, the 70s and 60s, it was common to yeah. pick up. Like, that was the thing which is why we have so many serial killers that come from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Do not, do not pick people up. Well, do not hitchhike. Do think, like her legacy will live on now. Like hitchhikers aren't really much of a thing anymore. I mean, that's a good question. Cause I know I wouldn't pick up someone on the side of the road, yeah. especially late at night. And I'm by myself. Yeah. I don't, even yeah. if it, was a woman i think i would rather like call the police and be like hey this woman's outside in january without a coat yeah can i don't know what's wrong if she's mental if she's mental illness whatever the case may be can someone go check on her to make sure she's okay Mm -hmm. i'm not picking her up (laughs) they were just smart this i'm like maybe the de-resurrection of mary is upon us (laughs) because nobody's picking her up unless she's standing in front of people's cars i think this is gonna become a tale but true and now she really has to like jump out in front of cars get people to stop <laughs> she's I mean, gonna that, do more maybe like a, you know a, a jump split 
you know, Adele, something, you know? <laughs> you know, if she was performing, I think there would be a whole line of cars. That would be sickening. I would stop the car and tip a dollar, and then i keep going, you know? That's what, what you got to do. Dollar. <laughs> your next, your next uh, gig, you got to wear all white, white dance shoes and start dipping, splitting in the streets That's a good <laughs> late at night. The resurrection of Mary um, worked this pussy, period. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are more sightings of Resurrection Mary, but these are the ones that are most well-documented. What do you think? Do you think anyone's telling the truth? Do you think it's more of a legend and they want to believe that it's true? So anybody that they see that fits the description is Mary? Do you think it's multiple ghosts? What's, um, what's your... Uh, I think that when you have a high volume, you know, area where a lot of people experience things, I think um, sometimes some of those stories are bound to be true, but it's like hard to really believe them because it's so many. Um, So I believe that like a few of these might be real, whereas uh, other ones, I think that it's just people kind of just like, you know, making shit up and just, you know, being crazy because I mean, if you're crazy enough to pick somebody up in the dead of night, then I think you, you know, you're asking for some type of trouble and like you're just being off your rocker at that point. You know what I mean? For sure. And Resurrection Mary, I believe I read somewhere that she's most seen like late at night, early morning, like 1.30 a.m., 3 a.m. type of deal, which is why I think multiple cab drivers have seen her, but there aren't, you know, moms taking their kids to the zoo type of deal. You know, Uh, it's always by yourself driving, trying to get home or whatever the case may be late at night mm -hmm. or like after the ballroom. But again, like you said, that late at night, 3 a.m., I want to get home. I do not need to pick somebody up and take them home before I go home. Okay. No, ma'am. Okay, so that's the story of Resurrection Mary. Period. Miss Mary, Miss Mary. Mm-hmm. Miss Mary. Do you have any of your own ghost experiences? I do. Um, I almost didn't have one, but then I thought about it as we were talking. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a direct like conversation. We weren't like, you know, talking. Right. But there was this one time... Um, like I'm very big into horror movies. Like I love just like, oh, it's a day off. I'm just gonna sit in bed all day. Like, oh, I'm gonna like, you know, just watch horror movies all day. Absolutely. To do that. Um, just for the record, I love horror movies and not haunted houses. I like my horror from a distance, by the way. Last time I went to a haunted house, I almost got arrested. Um, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for another time. But um I literally was just watching movies all day and like I think at some point during the day, I searched something in Google. I don't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. it was something completely random and non-pertaining to like what popped up. Cause I looked up something and next thing you know, the word that came up, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I look at the definition. It was like something completely just like satanic and, you know, evil. And I was like, this is not what I was looking up. I was like, I, I don't <laughs> even know what the fuck this word is. Like, I, I was like, what is this? And it was just like completely terrifying. Let's, uh, needless to say, after looking up a word that I was not type that I did not type in and like did not come close to, 
looking right. up, I knew at that point, all right, I'm going to take a break. I'm going <laughs> to go watch, um, you know, some animated movies, Mika, right. Robinson's, you know, something. But I think that to me was like a moment that like stood out to me the most. That was like, there's something going on around here. And like, when you watch like enough horror movies, like, especially because a lot of them, I think, in my opinion, these days, um, or at least in that time um, were based around um, spirits and, and demons and everything. Like, cause you know, I was the era of the slasher people. Yeah. And when you graduate, I think in, you know, our age, it became very demonic, very like mm-hmm. spirits and all the other stuff. So I think that uh, when you watch a lot of those movies, it just kind of just like, kind of shook the room a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, sure. okay, um, I don't know what's going on today. I don't know what's happening. And it was like literally the afternoon. This wasn't like in the middle of the night. Like this was a bunch of like movies in the middle of the day. So I was like, okay, we're done here. I think that makes it more terrifying when creepy things happen during day or like daylight or anything. Cause you expect it to happen at night or when it's raining or something. But yeah, one of the apartments we lived in in Logan square, uh, Ty and I lived in, it was like really long. So you had the front room, a bedroom, bedroom, bathroom, a second room, kitchen, be- bedroom in the back. Mm-hmm. So when all the lights are off and you're watching TV in the front room, you can't see at the end of the hallway. You know, it just turns into pitch blackness because it was so long. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the amount of times I was home alone and I felt someone was watching me while I was like sitting in the front room watching TV and I just looked out of the corner of my eye and it's blacked and I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And I, it happens so many times where I'm like, somebody's watching me right now and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I want to know, like, do people naturally get that feeling because they are in what feels like a scary situation or do they, or it's like feeling of being watched actually like you're being watched. I right. I, for me personally, I only felt that way a spe- like specific amounts of time. It wasn't all the time. Like it wasn't every night I was by myself. Mm-hmm. It was only very specific moments. So I think that's what tells me that like something was off in that apartment because it wasn't it wasn't every time I did it, you know? If it was every time I'd be like, Blake, you're crazy. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, calm down, you're watching a scary movie. Mm-hmm. But this was like very specific moments where I just look and be like, okay something's down at the end of the hall i'm just gonna ignore it and hopefully it goes away and then eventually i wouldn't feel it anymore so i think that it was just one of those plus our back door was at the end of the hall in the kitchen so maybe that also had you know effect of like anybody could come in through the back door and if they're quiet enough i wouldn't know that they're in the apartment so that may also but, uh, i don't know that's terrible. but i'm gonna read you a listener's email though about their own haunting. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Okay. Lucky caller number four. What you got? (laughs) My mother-in-law remarried a man who was, can I say, very set in his ways. And he was very set in his ways in thinking. He was an ex-military man who was stern and very opinionated. He lived in Illinois for most of his life, including after... He had completed his time in the service. One day he was visited by two young Mormon men and decided that he was in the same mindset as these two men. Mm -hmm. 
So he packed up his family with four children and moved to Utah. They began going to the Mormon church and following their doctrine. Well, maybe not all of it. He was a drinker, which is frowned upon in the Mormon church. After some time, his children were grown and his wife passed away. He decided to come back to live in Illinois and married his sister-in-law. As I became his daughter-in-law, things were always tense between us as we did not agree on most of his points of view. He had always been able to give his opinion and no one would come back at him until he was with me. They were married several years when he found out his liver was not functioning well any longer and he needed a transplant. When I came to visit him in the hospital, he was shocked since he thought I did not care for him. He passed away a short time after entering a short time after entering the hospital. There was a memorial service for him, which I attended with my husband's family. The time I was there, I kept feeling like someone was someone else was with us. It was a weird feeling, but I've had things like this several times in the past. In parentheses, it says, my, mo- my grandmother usually comes to visit in the form of a specific smell that I equate with, my, with her kitchen and my grandfather with the smell of his cologne. After the memorial service, we all went back to my mother-in-law's house. We were sitting in the kitchen table talking. I heard wind like the front door was open. I looked up. I was facing the hallway when I saw him walk in stand in the hallway, turned to look at me, and told me to tell his wife that he was okay and he would be watching over her. He then continued walking down the hallway and disappeared. I got up to look and saw him vanish. My husband asked what was wrong, but I chose to wait to tell him what had happened later. Surprising, it was me he chose to show himself to, but I'm glad he did. Kim. Mm. Well... She got a good ghost experience. That's good. Yes. And I think that's important to like, not all ghost experiences are bad. Like we were saying horror movies, so many horror movies, the point is that ghosts are doing something awful or something awful happened to them, you know, where then they perpetuate that into torturing people in the house or whatever. But not all ghost experiences are bad. And that's good because you know, like you said, those horror movies—they like to, uh, it, or it's easy for them to make it into something negative because it's easy to um, scare people uh, with things that they cannot see and that they cannot understand. And I understand it; <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. But it also, um, like that, like I believe that because there are like bad things there are good things out there and i think that a lot of times like negativity in the world people tend to focus more on the bad than they do the good so it is good to you know have those moments that are like oh my god like someone so is watching over me like i don't know how many times i'm pretty sure i've had like a good spirit on my shoulder from keeping me from like wrecking myself in a car accident or something because i have escaped death at least you know knock on wood numerous times <laughs> and it's just like oh my god you know what i mean and i i believe like it's it's good luck via somebody for sure mm-hmm. well thank you for stopping by thank you for having me it's uh, good talking to you <laughs> so fun uh, you can follow haunted hometowns on twitter and instagram at haunted hometowns and please email me your own personal experience at haunted hometowns podcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from your cross over your bed is hanging upside down to your dog's barking 
in the corner of your room every night. Whatever you got, send it my way. Cross upside down. (laughs) (laughs) But where can they find, listen, watch you, Miss Chloe Coulee? Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Chloe Coulee. That is Chloe with a K, H L O E C O U L E E. And you can also find, wait, I think that's it. That's all the social media. Unless you're trying to find me in person, you might be able to find me in Target in aisle four. Um, other than that, yeah, that's about it. Come look me up. I mean, I would say come see me somewhere, but I just realized like, the clubs aren't open so that's almost like it feels so empty saying absolutely uh, where you can find me so i'm like oh i have nothing else to say <laughs> <laughs> well support your local drag artists and i will see you all next time bye found some of my information from an article on chicagoology Wikipedia, Adam Seltzer, and an article by Devin Walk. The artwork for Haunted Hometowns is from Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M-U-N-O-Z. And the music is by Tyre. Follow him on social media at For Boys Like Me. That's F-O-R, Boys Like Me. <laughs>